everybody. Welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Flanagan, back for another episode. Joining us as ever, first of all, Matt Lawless. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good to be here. Good stuff. And uh, James Whalen's back as well. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thanks. Good stuff. Um, we're going to start with the title race. Um, it actually seems like a while since we've talked about the title race because there's always been, you know, ifs and buts and things changing around. But uh, Liverpool versus Manchester City is the story um, of the Premier League at the moment. Um, slight little stutter from Liverpool this weekend. Um, I mean, they got the job done. They won, but um, maybe a, a doubt's creeping in, James. It- I thought the game had an air of Liverpool in 2013-14 about it. This, you know, we'll score one more goal than you sort of, um, you know, the the blueprint, I suppose, that they had under Brendan Rodgers. Um, And um, yeah, I think, you know, I I would have been a lot more confident in Liverpool holding on to top spot if they had gone out and won that game 1-0. Played a very solid defensive game got the goal they needed much like they did at Brighton uh, I thought that was it that was more a performance that had the hallmark of champions but ultimately you know all that matters is they got the three points but as, as you alluded to I think you know it wasn't it wasn't as convincing as they have been uh, over the last few weeks with, obviously with the exception to the game they lost at the Etihad He's um, conceding three at home bear in mind before this game against Crystal Palace They've conceded three at home all season. They've conceded three in a game to a team that are only three points above the relegation zone. Is the is that down to nerves or is this just a one-off or has something changed for Liverpool? Injuries. I mean, you look at where those goals come from. They, they a lot of it come from down the flanks. So, you know, James Milner up against uh, Wilfred Zaha did, didn't really suit suit Milner at all. Uh, I think the set piece, obviously, Tomkins scored a cracking header from some, but the marking was just, you know, it wasn't there. It was, it was completely redundant. So, I think defensively they struggled, and I think that's because of injuries. Their, their best players have been missing. Matip just coming back, you know, so he's not probably he's probably been pushed um, sooner than he would have liked to have been, or sooner than Klopp would have liked to put him back in the squad. And then you got, like I say, Milner is now suspended, but he was deputising at right back. So I do think that that played a big part in them shipping three goals at the weekend. Does that not maybe raise the issue that Liverpool are maybe lacking the strength in depth to become Premier League champions? Because if you look at Manchester City's squad, I'd say no. N- nearly anyone can get injured in City's squad, and you probably wouldn't notice. But then, Kevin De Bruyne, a, a perfect example of that. A Liverpool maybe say maybe looking at their squad and going. If we get one or two more injuries, then well, everything's on the rocks. Well, I couldn't disagree more, really, Flanners. I've got to say, sorry, mate, but, you know, you look at the table, the table doesn't lie. Liverpool above City by four points. And Liverpool have had worse injuries than, than Man City. I know you, you can say about De Bruyne has missed a significant amount of time, but Liverpool, I think, have had the worst of it so far. Um, my only fear for them is if they get a, a, an injury up top, if someone like Salah or Firmino but they've been pretty lucky in that respect but like I say they've had the worst of it at the back they've lost your, Go- your Gomez's your Alexander-Arnold's Matip's he's been injured for a bit and he's back so I actually think that um, they've coped with it quite well and I think the squad def's definitely there and I like to look at that Camacho Rafa Camacho came on and he looked like he was up for the task so I think people make a, a big bones about uh, Liverpool's strength and depth and I think because the Wolves cup defeat exposed it a little bit but let's be honest I don't think Klopp was really going for that cup at all I don't think he'll be too sad to be out of the FA Cup particularly if they can carry on as well the major issue for a lot of Liverpool fans right now is whether they should go and spend 
you know, between now and deadline day. Klopp said he won't. Um, I think that's probably sensible. You know, he's got players who are coming back from injury and players who can force their way through. So why bring in players to the squad that could unsettle that squad potentially because they're not playing games because he's got his set 11 and everybody else is kind of just waiting to take their chance even you've got the likes of Origis and all that on the bench still so you know, it's, I think it's looking all right for them. Yeah, uh, James, if you were Jurgen Klopp now, um, I know he's come out and said uh, he won't be spending do, do, do you see an area of that Liverpool team and you think to help push them on and help them like help them get over the line do they need one more player? I don't think I would actually because I think I think you risk disrupting the, the group as it is, don't you? I mean, they've had an incredible season and to bring someone in and potentially upset anyone in the squad, even if it's not the first 11, I, I don't really see the merits um, in that given how well they've done so far, as Matt alluded to, that, you know, <clears throat> they are sort of getting players back that, that they've been missing. And I think a big plus for Liverpool is their running. Like in in the later stage of the season, they've they've got a couple of difficult games at Anfield against Tottenham and Chelsea. But I think at home, with that crowd at the back, you'd probably fancy them to get the result. Um, so I think their running is pretty kind. I think their like, last four games of Cardiff, Newcastle, Fulham, and Huddersfield, yeah. something like that. Yeah. You, you don't know. I mean, it's a good point. I do agree to an extent because I think probably their toughest game coming up is the end of February against Man United at Old Trafford, but. We say like teams like Newcastle, Cardiff. Who knows that towards the end of the season, those games could become difficult if yeah. they're still fighting for, you know, survival. So, I, I think the key games for them, like Wado said, are the home games. They've got to overcome the likes of Chelsea and Tottenham at home. If they can beat those. They've got every chance. But that four point cushion is just not enough at the moment. I actually look at a few more of the more immediate fixtures, and um, which is why I, I, mean, I believe Liverpool are going to win the title this year. I think they've. They've just got a little bit of an edge about them. I do you, think they're going to get there. You also said they're going to finish third. You know, let's tell the story about that. That, that, was, a, that was a typo. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a horrendous typo um, in in a piece. Uh, but the big debate piece, you can find it on the Mirror Football's website, where we debate who's going to make the top four and who's going to win the league. I seem to put Liverpool in first and in third. Yeah. Um, and then I get my fourth place team in the wrong order. Um, so, yeah. No. Um, the reason I think I look at Liverpool's most immediate fixtures, um, Liverpool now have no game while Man City have three and I know two of them are cup games but then if you look at City's next six after them three City's last two of six are Arsenal and Chelsea in that time Liverpool played Leicester West Ham Southampton City I think are more likely to drop points now and that gap get bigger and perhaps too big for Manchester City to claw claw back by the end of February the way City are playing I just can't see him dropping points against anyone and I, oh, I know we've been here yeah. before haven't we and like no one expects them to lose at Leicester no one expects them even more so to get beat at home by Crystal Palace so it can happen but I don't know they just seem to have something about them at the minute. since that Liverpool game when they were incredible you know Liverpool were brilliant uh, at the Etihad and still couldn't get a result of any kind and since then I just think City have gone from strength to strength and you know you put them up against any team in the Premier League tomorrow I think they win yeah and that's a big point actually I think momentum I know Liverpool got a nice break now what Klopp will do with the squad remains to be seen whether he'll take them away I don't know if they are doing it I don't think they are but um, it's nice for those players to recharge Barry helps him because he's got these injuries and it gives him a bit more time to recover but momentum is key and I think like you say Man City beating Liverpool um, 
at the start of the year that's really set him up I, I agree with you I can't see him losing any games yeah. I really can't and whereas I'd say you know, Leicester at Anfield I expect Liverpool to win that um, you know, who knows with Leicester you know yeah. <laughs> I like that Harvey Barnes I thought he looked quality actually I'm surprised yeah. they, they brought him off on a weekend yeah, really, really he good. was a sort of danger man uh, and they ended up losing 4-3 but West Ham away is one of those could be a banana skin for for, for Liverpool. Could you'd be obviously, you'd obviously like to think it would. Well, be. it could be. I mean, Man United have lost there this year. Arsenal have lost there this year. So you know, um, there's been some been some scalps there. I mean, West Ham on their day are, are a decent side, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd think even Southampton is a tricky one for Liverpool. Southampton are doing well under Ralph Hussenhartel. Brushing up your pronunciation <laughs> of the weekend there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I see. Um, so who knows? I mean, those those are the games that you kind of expect Liverpool to win, but they could easily slip up. Whereas City just look phenomenal. Yeah. Right, moving uh, ever so slightly further down the table, um, Tottenham. They won. Sign of a good te- good team at the weekend. They they got the win against Fulham when they probably didn't deserve it. Are Tottenham still in the title race? For me, I don't think I don't think they ever were in a title race. If we're being honest, I just don't think that we're talking about squad depth. I, I think they're just about on the limit at the moment. They really are with Kane injured and Deli Ali's now injured. It could be a few weeks that he's off for. We don't know the extent of that as as of recording. Um, it's a hamstring injury he suffered at Craven Cottage. If it's a if it's a bad tear he could be out for four weeks if it's a slight one he might only miss you know this weekend or whatever but it just got to show you they're really sort of at the bare bones as Harry would have said uh, Harry Redknapp but he made a good point Harry Redknapp at the weekend he said it's a difficult one he would be knocking on the door at Daniel Levy and saying come on I need some signings but realistically you know who who you go for is a tough one because those players are really going to be there as short-term options until these players come back. There's no striker no. in the world who's going to get him over Harry Kane, I suppose. That's well, a chance, you no. know. And um, well, well, and Andy Carroll, if reports are to be well, believed. this is. I think this is. It's an interesting one that, and I, I wonder whether it's the agent pushing it because don't forget Carroll's out of contract um, this summer, but also don't forget Carroll can't hit a barn door from two yards out. We saw him sky one against Bournemouth. That was easier. Mm. To, to miss uh, sorry easier to score sorry you know it was harder to miss that one it, I don't know why any club would want to take a gamble on him he's, he's not a starting player he's proven that he's too injury prone I love the guy a bit but I think he's had his day in the Premier League so for Spurs what would make sense is if they do get a short term option but I think in terms of the question Flanners sorry um, title chances no, top four is, is always a target for them this season. Uh, can you, James, put up any more of a case for, for Tottenham Towers? I mean, it is a stretch putting them in a title race as it is. They are nine points back um, on Liverpool um, already. Is is there a situation where Tottenham can end up winning the league? I or? think I think their result against Man United killed it, to be honest. I think lo- losing to United uh, last week sort of um, ended any hopes they had of, of challenging for the title they they were they actually played really well against United I think Pochettino had said at the end of the game it was it was the best he'd seen his team play in the second half and you know David De Gea just had one of those games where he was absolutely unbeatable I yeah, think was. Um, John Cross our man at Wembley that day gave him 10 out of 10 in his player ratings which is very rare and, and it was fully justified but if you compare the performance of Tottenham against United to their performance against Fulham chalk and cheese 
yet you know they picked up three points at Fulham and as you said that's I suppose that is a sign of a good team but the smallest player on the pitch popping up with a header in, in the 93rd minute but no, I, I think I think the title's a stretch, and you know, <laughs> missing Kane. I mean, Lorente was abysmal, as, as as bad a frontman display as you're going to see. Uh, Scored though in, in the wrong net, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think without without Kane, they they could even get dragged into a battle um, for a top four spot, especially the way United are going. Um, well, you say you mentioned United there. Um, the top four race is especially intriguing now. Obviously, Tottenham have a, like a seven-point lead on uh, Arsenal uh, at the moment. Arsenal occupying four, uh, fifth. Sorry, Chelsea are there in fourth. Uh, Manchester United in sixth. It's a really intriguing top four battle now, isn't it? Because yeah, well, massively. Well, when United appointed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I saw him as it was they could finish seventh and everyone would go it's fine the ship has been steadied you know we've got the new man in we'll look to the future now he's coming in actually the, I have him getting in the top four which I think is absolutely remarkable in just one month he's made what, a man what, United what, again what, what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done I think is absolutely remarkable one of his best decisions he made was to say to Rashford you're my main man I mean look what it's done for him I, I can't tell you his exact record off the top of my head but I think he scored saying you know, a silly amount of goals might have been like nine in his last ten or something like that. But you know, he can't stop scoring the boy, and he's been fantastic. 150th appearance for Manchester United. How old is he? What 20, yeah, 21 or something like that? You know, he's just phenomenal. He, he's 20 years old. Sorry, and. I think that's what Solskjaer has done to Manchester United. He's galvanised them. He's pinpointed their best players and told them to believe in themselves. Paul Pogba, another one. A great example of somebody who just completely wasted on a Jose Mourinho. Now he's the, the heart and soul of that team. So I think Manchester United, they're Manchester United again. And teams are going there thinking, ooh, this is going to be difficult. All right, they only beat Brighton 2-1, which is not like a cricket score. And they have been beating teams by cricket scores. But... They've got to win. And I think the message now is that you, you look at Man United and you think they'll give anybody a game there. Even beating Spurs was massive, yeah. really was. And that was a very good win for them. As you said, David De Gea, exceptional. They've got world-class talent there. Um, and it's a year to the day, I think, since Alexis Sanchez came in. And he's, yeah. he's starting to... Um, sort of, he's, he's on the sort of periphery of a return and... You know, I just wonder how good he's going to be now under Solskjaer, whether it was Jose Mourinho sort of putting the shackles on. Well, it has been a long time since we've seen Alexis Sanchez properly enjoying his football. Um, I want to go back to Marcus Rashford um, as an interesting point. When we were in the office earlier, James, you made uh, a point about England and Marcus Rashford and said, we've now seen that Marcus Rashford, his best position is definitely playing as a central striker. When he shot onto the scene, he was playing as a central striker, scored goals, made an impact. He's back in that position. He's in the form of his life. James, you made an interesting point saying that England should now look at playing two up front and putting Marcus Rashford there. It's a huge dilemma for Gareth Southgate now as well, yeah. isn't it? Because Southgate has quite a successful system with just one striker. What on earth do you do if, you, if, if you're him? It is really difficult and I don't envy him at all because Rashford's done brilliantly for England playing off the left. Uh, he scored goals there, but the way he's, like, as Matty alluded to, the transformation in his game playing as a, you know, a central striker for United, he can't stop it in the back of the net. And I just think watching him play playing as a front man is too much for Gareth Southgate to ignore. Yeah, you, definitely. You, 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 the, the form he's in, obviously he's not going to drop Harry Kane. You know, he's his captain. He's, he's our best player without a shadow of a doubt. But it is it is a real dilemma because, you know, I think it would work personally. It's like, as, long no, as, had, as long as you had an extra man sort of holding in midfield, I think I think you can afford you got, to you play You've got to play with, to your strengths as yeah. well. Yeah. 
if you've got like if you're the best tea maker in my team I'd be telling you right get out of there make the teas every morning yeah. alright you're not your strengths are in podcasts so that's why <laughs> we're getting in there you know but uh, you know we, we I just think as a manager you cannot ignore form and if a player is what doing what Marcus Rashford is doing, you have to just let him get on with it and, and, and let that run its course as, as long as possible. And I think he's purely, a, he's living on the highest confidence at the minute and he's scoring goals for fun. And if I was England manager, I would say, right, where do you want to play? So this is England going full Mike Bassett now when we're going to play 4-4. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're going to play two up front. Yeah. Um, Benson and Edges on the bench. Is, I mean, it is interesting because I suppose you... You wouldn't really be able to have Ali and Lingard in those sort of attacking midfield positions. You'd have to, you would, you would have That's to tinker with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can I just say as well? Um, this is a massive credit for England. We are nowhere near an international break, and we're actually happily discussing England. <laughs> I think three years ago, if we'd have somehow tried to put England in this conversation in one of our episodes, uh, credit to Gareth Southgate and the England team that the fact yeah, that we're even indeed. considering that as and a Gareth conversation. Gareth Southgate honoured last night, of course, at the Football Writers Association yeah. um, for his efforts yeah. In, yeah. in Russia, so fantastic. I'll tell you what I really liked uh, about Southgate. I've seen so many pictures from that do and it's just him posing with everyone and he's not turned anyone down for a picture. It seems like everyone there wanted a picture with yeah, him and he's posed yeah. with absolutely everyone. I was gutted. And was, everyone said he was um, a, a really lovely guy. I, I was invited, I couldn't go. I um, yeah, I had to be in the office unfortunately but it's, yeah. it seemed like a stunning night. It's not every night you get to turn down dinner at the Savoy but I managed to do that. Just yeah. wait until we get pumped 4-0 by <laughs> the Netherlands in Portugal and everything comes crashing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be a night with Southgate yeah. and McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're going out there aren't you James? I am, yeah. You're yeah. you, uh, looking forward to it? I am. I can't wait it's um, yeah. Nations League you know that, that, that big yeah. one that you no, know everyone gets to you know no, I'd go there for a week and get to see you know two games in two really good stadiums and I think know. the nation would be gripped by it yeah, I really yeah. do yeah. Yeah, it I, be really good. I think it's been a great tournament yeah. uh, and I think if England win it it'll be the best thing since sliced bread you know I don't know if you can say you're the first winners of, for, for of, a, great yeah, yeah. of, of, of a great <laughs> tournament and that um, Anyway, moving back domestically, moving back to the Premier League. A um, little look at uh, the relegation battle. Um, as it stands, Huddersfield 11 points or rock bottom. Fulham 14 points. Cardiff 19 points. And then above them, you've got Newcastle on 21, Burnley 22, Southampton 22, Palace still on 22 as well. Um, Huddersfield and Fulham, are we just wiping the floor with them now and saying... Fulham, Fulham just don't take their chances. I mean, how many did they have against Spurs yesterday? I mean, it was... You know, they got a fantastic marksman in Mitrovic, but they just don't... They, they just don't convert enough, and I think that's the trouble for them. They might as well start planning for next season. I really believe that. It's too much of an ask, I think, but, you know... It's January, so there is time, but I think they really need to start winning games, particularly at home. And the games they have been winning have been, just, sorry, the games have been losing. They're just, you know, they've been a bit unlucky. They've scored own goals. They've had own goals as well, but I just don't see any positive signs there from, apart from Mitrovic. He's the only outlet for me they've got that could actually change things. Yeah, so I think they'll, they'll, they'll get Huddersfield the again. I think they've got the new new manager coming in this week. Um, Jan uh, Schuert, I think yep. his name is. Yeah. Um, yep. that, that guy. I didn't imagine so. From, yeah. from, interestingly, I learnt today hasn't got a Wikipedia page. There no, we should make one for him. Is, um, it, is it the, the, the first Wikipedia, the first Premier League manager for some years not, not to have, have a Wikipedia, Wikipedia page? page. Yeah. That's, that's a good little start. Yeah, right? no, no, we'll, we'll have a look when we go back. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's coming in from Borussia Dortmund under 23s, 265 grand. Huddersfield uh, are paid in compensation for him. But his remit is look, 
just build a philosophy, build some you know footballing principles, and let's plan for next season. I think Huddersfield have already kind of said we know we're not going to stay up. It's too much of an ask for us, but you never know. I mean, look at look at Southampton. I think they've been galvanised uh, by the new manager, and it could be that the players, you know, just really sort of rally and respond. But looking at that Huddersfield team, the key thing, same for Fulham, goals. They just haven't got it. Yeah. Um, all the teams above them, then, if, if we're saying that Huddersfield and Fulham are, are going to go, I find it a really intriguing battle now because. Brighton are probably too far away now, as are Bournemouth, Everton, West Ham, and, and, and the lot. Probably too far away, which means you've got one of... Well, let me just count them. One, two, three, four, five. One of five more teams uh, that could potentially go down. Crystal Palace. Um, I know we've briefly mentioned them uh, in when we talked about Liverpool earlier. Are there any little concerns there about them? Because they're only three points above the relegation zone, and they're not doing anything... I mean, barring a trip to the Etihad not doing anything too spectacular? I would say no, but the one problem area for them, and they need to bring somebody in really um, before deadline day, is a goalkeeper. You know, he played Julian Speroni and goal at Anfield. I mean, it was bound to happen, wasn't he? He was going to make a rig like that. It, was, it, it cost them the game. They could, have, they could have beat Liverpool if it weren't for him. You know, and that's, it's harsh on Speroni because he's an absolute legend of the club, isn't he, for, for Crystal Palace. But really, I think if Palace fans were being honest and not sort of, if it was their head talking over their heart, you wouldn't have him anywhere near uh, number one position. And it just shows you the problem he's got. Hennessy, why he's been dropped, you know, he's obviously uh, not in the best of form and perhaps other things have dictated that as as well who knows um, but they need a goalkeeper they tried getting Mandanda in didn't they from Marseille um, and he was straight back there so it didn't work out for him they've had some real problems in that area I think so I think that could be the one issue for them is is is, is defensively they need a keeper otherwise going forward I think they're great I really do I think they've got some decent options so hard such a handful for anybody yeah. um, and, and then Townsend he's, he seems to be in the form of his life right now so I don't think they'll get sucked into it but I think they do need to address those areas really to to improve I think the, the one club who, who I was concerned about but they had a great win at the weekend Newcastle uh, all, the, all the messages coming out from Newcastle were oh you know it was, it was doom and gloom but 3-0 against Cardiff that's, that's exactly the kind of result they need yeah um, are, are you more uh, James doom and gloom for uh, Cardiff um the reason, I, the reason I mentioned Palace though is because the other teams in there I think Burnley seem to have turned a little corner they seem a lot more solid than they were at the start of the season Southampton under Ralph uh, I'll, I'll let you do the pronunciation again Houston Hartle Houston Hartle that was way low by the way it weren't me <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Houston Hartle um, it's fine it's they, 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 they look revived they look like they've got a new spirit about them Newcastle that great win at the weekend that's why I dragged Palace into it given the fact that they're on the same points as the rest of them but Cardiff James can you offer a case for them staying up? Um, you asked at the start of this little segment if Huddersfield and Fulham had done. I'd say yes, and I'd throw Cardiff into that mix as well. The, the, the two points? Yeah, but the last the last couple of games, I think people, they've been found out a little bit. That was a dreadful result the weekend. To go to another team who were in that battle, a club that's on its knees, if we're honest, in Newcastle, a lot of disharmony, both in the stands, in the squad. Rafa Benitez, not happy there. And they've absolutely wiped the floor with them. So I just, I, I don't think they've got enough. I didn't think they had enough at the start of the season. They've done remarkably well um, to to even be in with the shout. And, you know, they, they put a few results together. Neil Warnock just doing what he does. He's a very annoying man. 
um, who <laughs> who consi- consistently punches above his weight. I think you've been very nice to Neil Warner, yeah. there, haven't you? <laughs> no, you but, know what Neil Warner would say: "To hell with James Wade." Yeah. Yeah. But um, he, yeah, I mean, I just, I'd be shocked if if they get out of it. Um, and look, looking down the table, I know Huddersfield are getting a new manager, and might obviously use the example of Southampton. But you put you compare Huddersfield squad to Southampton squad, nowhere near the amount of quality. Um, in that squad and Fulham I just think you know what if, if Fulham would have got a point against Spurs they could have they could have took heart from the performance they could have took heart from the result getting a point against the top four team boost the morale of the squad maybe they could go on a run but I just think that's just going to kill them in it that late goal that you, know, you could see the heads drop you know they haven't even got an FA Cup game to get themselves up for because they blew it against Oldham who had a school teacher in charge yeah I don't think we've ever mentioned that Oldham story on here but the, the, that is my favourite FA Cup story for some time that, that, that Oldham one um, the fact he was a f- he's a fan of the club he had his train in his hotel booked he just wanted to get on the booze with the lads and yeah. watch his team away next thing you know he's in, the, he's, he's in the dugout and masterminding one of the great FA Cup upsets of recent years there's a lot of talk that another big Oldham fan could be um, yeah. could be going and taking charge of the Athletics yeah, up the uh, six. Yeah, Mister uh, Mister Mister Paul Scholes. I mean, they'll, what are you uh, about that? I mean, what we've seen, we've seen the likes of Gerard Lampard. They've all proved themselves yeah. as decent managers this season. So, almost complete that midfield uh, trinity, wouldn't they? Yeah, it would be very interesting, but it could also go very Gary Neville at Valencia, couldn't it? Yeah, um, he also would have to give up give up his directorship at Salford City, yes. uh, which is another little added dimension. Which because we know very much he's enjoying that. Um, I don't know what to expect about Paul Scholes as a manager. I, I think he's very yes, he's strict and well, he's on, we'd never heard him speak for twenty years, and now we can't shut him up, can we? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just expect that he'd be the type of bloke to go. Well, well, we haven't got a centre foot or old bloke front then, you know. <laughs> Scholes, are you about fifty four now? now you know, he's this sort of bloke that you just. I think, I think he'd be quite a good manager actually. I've got sunk about him. I just feel that. He's one of them that have a presence, but how far he could take his managerial career in terms of would he just do a job at like an Oldham or could he actually do it, you know, higher up? I don't know, but interesting one. I think I think the reason why he's been linked is because he is a massive Oldham fan. He sort of lives near there as well. Still, so yeah. it's like, you know, putting two and two together and coming out with five possibly, but interesting yeah. one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what... Maybe, maybe the school teacher could... Um, you know, teach you a few tricks. I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I don't know what all of them are going to do with uh, Pete Wilde now. I mean, with the greatest respect to Pete, like, how can they like yeah, let, let him go? Couldn't have done any more. He's um, he's inspiring victories in the league as well. I mean, yeah. he's, I, I just and I mean, obviously, you're going to pick Paul Scholes from from a club financial point of view. The attraction, the media—it's it's, it's a great news story for Oldham. Yeah, but, but um, I almost feel a bit. A, a Boundary bit Park, one of the coldest places I've ever been. Uh, Boundary Park. Oh, um, it really is, mate. Honestly, it's, freezing. It, First it, ever it, game it I can, covered there. It can be grim. It can be grim at Boundary. Lovely Park. play. I love it. Fantastic football stadium. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. cold. The, the, it's yeah. like an open stand in the, on the side that they never rebuilt, yeah. and when that wind comes. I always enjoy going into the, um, the players' lounge sort of thing for after the game at Oldham because it's it's like from the 1960s. The wallpaper hasn't changed. The pictures on the wall haven't changed. Yeah. Neither um, the town centre. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's right. It's very right. Um, yeah. but, but it's one of them, it's like the, the floorboards, like they're all wonky. Like if you stood, you stood sideways. 
ways in a, in a, in a weird way so um, I, I mean actually to be fair it's probably yeah. changed because that new stand's open now hasn't it so that's it has, right yeah. it has probably, probably changed amazing. So I've probably done all of them a massive disservice there <laughs> need but, to get um, down here as of a couple of years ago we'll go down there for Scalzi's debut yeah uh, we will do, and we'll sit in the nice new stand <laughs> hopefully inside because it's warmer <laughs> um, they've got a gym okay. there you've got a gym there that you can overlook the pitch watch, watch the game while you're there I'm going to work out yeah, so uh, there you go um, moving on um, from Oldham I can't remember the colours. I can't remember Oldham getting loads of time. It's my fault again. This is, uh, see, this is what Paul Scholes would do. This is the exact point. Yeah. Um, very last point uh, on this podcast. Um, first of all, the FA Cup is coming next week and there's some big games and we'll do a podcast um, later um, this week um, yeah. to look ahead to that. Um, but the Carabao Cup comes first. Burton versus Manchester City. Burton need to score 10 at least I don't think there's any chance of uh, City going for a Burton is it but yeah. you know the, the City could play the under uh, 14s couldn't they yeah. and I think they'd go through I hope they don't I hope I hope they show Burton a little bit more respect why should than they just the, I, I'm, I, I just think as a level of respect for the, the competition that you're in you're in a League Cup semi-final alright you've won the first the first like 9-0 but there's a lot of very exciting Burton players there who will just be going thinking I want to watch the be- one of the best teams yeah. in the country. I've got to be honest, right? We we played Man City, West Ham in the semi final of uh, the Carabao Cup or mm. whatever it was then, um, Capital One Cup, I think it was, um, and we got smashed by them, absolutely smashed, six 0 I think it was in that first leg. I went to the second leg, Alberton Park. We got smashed again. You know that was the ultimate sign of disrespect to me. You know, I, I think is, is, had, is well, I turned up there knowing we wasn't going to win. Did have a nice meal in the mm. ground, I must say. But um, you know, it was it was soul destroying. I feel sorry for those Burton fans. Is it not more insulting City turning up with a load of kids that you never heard of and, and, and basically going, "Go on, here's your chance. Here's your chance to beat yeah, us." Is that not more insulting? Nah, let them have a let them have a crack at it. You know, I just, no, they'll, they'll just they'll just. I would have rather beaten seed in the second leg and gone, oh, well, at least we've beaten once. They'll do exactly what they've done in every cup game this season, pick a second string and hammer them. The City's second team would probably finish second in the Premier League, so yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what Burn up against. It is a fair point. Um, the more interesting game, anyway, this uh, this midweek in the Carabao Cup is obviously Chelsea versus Tottenham, the second leg of that one. Very finely poised at the moment. Obviously, Spurs 1-0 up on aggregate. Which way do we see it going? James, I'll start with you. Uh, Tottenham, for me, I just think they're a better team. Uh, yeah. Even even without Kane, I think you know, Chelsea, have, um, they're in a real rut, aren't they? You know, they were dreadful against Arsenal um, at the weekend, the game we haven't actually touched on. Um, well, but yeah. Arsenal were, were much better from first to first whistle to first result to the last. Um, yeah, I, I think Spurs have, have enough with that one goal cushion, actually. There's been some sort of cracks in uh, at Chelsea lately and I think this will be a sure sign of whether Mauricio Sarri has got the backing of his players because he came out and hammered them after the defeat at the Emirates on Saturday. A lot of people were saying, well, look, he's, he's almost making a rod for his own back there and he'll be sacked sooner or later. He's been backed by Abramovich. All right, you can have Higuain to the end of the season. If he's good, we'll keep him for another year. Um, but I've got to say that the style of football he's playing is, is, is not very good at the minute. And I can't believe uh, bad Chelsea were on Saturday got absolutely bullied by Arsenal yeah. I mean, a team that they'd been bullying for years I'm, but I've got to say I mean they, they've got some issues there and I, I don't think Hazard needs to be playing up top I think they've just got to let him have a free role really but there's other players that are let wasted away and yeah, it's remarkable really uh, it really is um, 
I think Sarri's got some problems. Yeah. What, what, I can't believe you've got the best anchor man, not Ron Burgundy, um, <laughs> in N'Golo Kante, and they're just letting Jorginho stifle everything. Yeah. You know, As Crossy said in his uh, match report, got to be one of the most frustrating players to watch in the Premier League, and, and, and Man City dodged a bullet on him in the I'm, summer. I'm staggered by Jorginho's performances because for years I, I watched him play for Napoli, and I every time I watched him I thought, he's pulling the strings, he's brilliant. Every pass was positive. There was no sideways, no backwards. Everything was positive. The quality was bang on. He was fit as a fiddle, running around everywhere. And we just haven't seen that side no. of him. Like It's just something hasn't worked out. And I, I, I thought it was a great sign. I was gutted when Man City didn't sign him. Um, I, I just, I really can't. Perhaps he's a victim of association to Sarri. You know, mm. the whole, he's sort of, he was brought in to really sort of enforce Sarri ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, as Waylo says, I think Tottenham are yeah. a better team. But again, it just depends on the injury front, really, if, if, who they can put out this weekend, uh, yeah. this midweek. So. Yeah, for me, I think he's a bit closer than, than what it is. I think he could go to extra time. And Chelsea are bound to have their eye on the much bigger game on Sunday as well. So. Yeah, yeah, so the, the, the big one. So we'll talk about that game <laughs> on the podcast later in the week. And we'll, 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 get, we'll, get, you, we'll get you back on. <laughs> um, uh, we won't say that anymore. We won't let you get excited just yet. Um, but yeah, ne- the next podcast, we'll look at the FA Cup. Well, just, just a breaking news coming in uh, for anyone listening to the pod. Glenn Johnson, former Liverpool and West Ham, Portsmouth FA Cup winner. He's retired from football. Oh, what a shame. Should we go on for another half hour talk about Glenn Johnson? Uh, no, let's not. He's got a wonderful uh, golf Portsmouth on his wrong foot. He, he did the volley really, really high against Hull, I think it was. Mm. Went really high and dipped in, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but um, happy retirement, Glenn. Um, yeah, but, no, um, I'm sorry that's all the airtime you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, Glenn. You know, I think he's been retired. For, he must have been retired all season, really, eh? Yeah, Played I can't, for anyone, I can't imagine. He's, he's one of them who went doing to... Doing the rounds, isn't he? He's one of them who went to... Doing like, a bit of Sky, a bit of talk sport and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Perhaps we'll get him on the Mirror Football podcast. Let's do it. Let's, I'm Transfer sure, him, listen, for me. I am, I am, I am, I mean, with pleasure. I'm joking, joking. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give me that. <laughs> I meant as the host. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah um, that whole deal is um, Glenn, Glenn if you're listening first of all sorry Major. second of all there is a chair here for you yeah. um, You can, well you can have mine yeah um, and uh, yeah and Glenn if you want to know more about us you can subscribe to us he's, he's, he's right back in the uh, podcast changing room at a minute yeah um, you can uh, you can subscribe to us uh, Glenn uh, listen to all of our, our ramblings and decide whether you want to come on uh, we're on iTunes we're on Spotify we're on Acast uh, and obviously if you don't subscribe already that's uh, that's where you can get us um, guys thank you very much really do appreciate it um, we will be back later in the week to talk FA Cup and let this Sheffield Wednesday loudmouth actually um, like kind of listen uh, talk about his team and some of the trials and tribulations of this season but until next time we'll see you then